Hi, my name is Trudy Rosquay and I am the founder of Vitality 40 Plus. I am not only a master personal trainer specialising in women's and children's physical health, but also a menopause ambassador who is passionate about spreading the word and breaking all those mystical taboos over the M word. I have created a series of podcasts with a variety of guests, not only on women's health issues, but subjects that relate to men's health and well-being also, unlocking all the answers to questions that you may have wanted to ask, but unsure as to where to get the information. Hi, and welcome to another podcast for Vitality 40 Plus. Today's guest is Dan Ireland. Now, Dan may be known to some of my Jersey listeners, um, but in fact is now a resident on the Gold Coast in Australia. So we're I would like to say we're really early morning for me, but actually it's not that early. Um, and, and Dan and I have been sort of throwing about working together over the last sort of three years whilst he's been in Australia. So it's lovely to welcome him to the podcast. Welcome, Dan. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Tree. Yeah, it's, it seems it's crazy how quickly three years can go by. I know, I know. It seems mad. How long have you been in Australia now? Well, coming up with three years this year. Is it, so. is it three years? Unbelievable, isn't it? Um, so for my listeners that are unaware of Dan's um, sort of skill set, um, I'm going to call him. I'm going to actually just put this in about four words. Then I'm going to pass it over to him because his background is absolutely fascinating. So we're going to do the podcast more on mindset, stress, mindfulness um, and well-being practitioner. But actually, that doesn't cover Dan in any way, shape or form. So um, over to you, Dan. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself properly? Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Um, so I guess I'm the founder of Awareful and uh, Mindfulness in Jersey. Uh, I've also set up Awareful over here in Australia and the Growth and Trauma Centre. Um, I guess my background is in, um, was originally in corporate banking and that sort of arena. And I sort of saw the light and moved into mental health and things like that. Became a psychotherapist and mindfulness practitioner and all the other wonderful sort of contemplative practice practitioners so yeah no wonderful um i think the ability to shift into the mental health arena was amazing actually of the, the yeah the sense of giving something back um rather yeah. than well that to take um has been amazing actually not to say that the finance industry isn't incredible but i do love uh working in well-being and um and mental health in particular and I think Dan you know you're at you know like I've 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 sort of done the same kind of thing as you you know I've, but I keep on dip, dipping back into the offshore finance sector which of course um I sort of have been thrown in back in there and then come back out again um and having done health and fitness and now sort of going down the menopause and the well-being sector it's it's just for me making a difference in people's lives and I, I obviously that's the big difference between our our corporate world and our finance world to to what we do now um so let's go back a little bit about sort of that conversion because things must have happened to you to suddenly go from i'm going to give up corporate ranking to become <laughs> to come into the mental health arena yeah well i mean i um happily tell people about my struggles with mental health um you know i suffered with a couple of acute anxiety disorders and, and depression for a long period of time. And 
you know, I, I was, wasn't until I sort of began to really look into sort of meditation and mindfulness and compassion that um, I really began to find, find some peace in my world, you know, and when I was in corporate banking, like I loved it, loved the role, loved what I did, loved earning money, but um, things just started to, I guess my perception just began to change a little bit and um, I was sort of trying to find people locally that, that wanted to offer <clears throat> what I was doing. And actually, um, it was a few of my mates that just wanted to find out. They're like, you know, you were, you were a bit of an asshole. What's, what's happened? <laughs> and, um, and so we, that's where it started. So I literally under a tree at Reg's Garden had a few mates uh, turn up and I just sort of spoke to them a little bit about what I've been learning over the last four or five years and um, that grew from there. And then they spoke to a few people and it went from sort of four people to 10 people and then 20 people. And then we had hiring places and, and all the rest of it. So it sort of went from um, being a very, very casual um, job to being full-time in about 18 months you know and and that's um, again you know looking looking back and and that that was how many years ago seven yeah, seven, seven years, years ago. ago so it's not you know it's still what I would call a little bit before the wave so um I, I always seem to be I've always seemed to be in my in my career a, a bit like you're what you're saying a bit before the wave in the fact that wellness and well-being seven years ago was only just starting to sort of formulate you know it was still a bit um you know I keep on saying every time I I actually even say the word mindfulness you know and I even went to that in Gibraltar I was like no when I talk about mindfulness this is not about me sitting cross-legged because I can't but um um and we sort of want to go there and so it was quite early to start talking about that and particularly as you say with with men um, we know that uh, one of the frightening statistics um, is that between the ages of 25 to about 35, it's the highest suicide is the highest killer for men because they're unable to talk about um, anxiety, stress. Um, and then, as you say, that which lends itself into various mental health issues. So, mm. you know, you've you've sort of gone there. It's kind of like you've you've had the T-shirt, <laughs> you've worn the T-shirt, you've had the T-shirt, you've got the T-shirt. So. Yeah. You started to train. So let's talk a little bit about how we can help our listeners who maybe um, particularly, uh, I call it the, the BC before COVID and the AC after COVID, but have come yeah. under this, this huge financial pressure. Um, and you certainly know in Jersey, um, amongst other places, but Jersey particularly is like a, a sort of bottle that's all, you know, coagulated up that's sort of got waiting to burst because of the financial stress here. Um, so what, what are we going to talk about today on our warning signs, you know, things that we should be looking out for, and then we can sort of go into the role of, of how we can help. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say number one is sleep pattern. You know, like if all of a sudden you're noticing you're sleeping less or you're wanting to stay up later because you're working harder and it's you're finding it harder to get to sleep yet you're still having to wake up at six o'clock in the morning you know the <clears throat> there's a real thing called social jet lag you know so it, every hour that we miss every night um drags on into the week you know and uh, so sleep is like a, 
I would say it's one of the two things I always ask someone when I see them the first time, you know, how's your sleep? Mm. <laughs> How are you getting on? When they're stressed, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's all over the place, you know, and so sleep is like a massive trigger. Also, what I would call, you know, some people call it resilience, but it's also just this ability to cope, you know, and so the if you're finding yourself getting a bit more narky than normal with your kids or your colleagues or your partners or whatever, you know, that's a real sign that, okay, there's something underlying here that I really need to do a little bit of work on that's hoping that, you know, through getting to understand how I'm responding to me um, and, yeah, Apologies, are just the thing that you just went off. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> I lost a little we bit just, of my own track. Our to we are, Dad and I are on Zoom, so we are actually able to see each other. Um, unfortunately, his camera just went right off in the middle of that and then came back into the frozen image and then come back on. So, um, yeah. but, but they won't be seeing that. That's only you and me. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, yeah cope, cope, um, uh, just recognising this sort of, Inability to cope with 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 sort of the people that are around you as well mm. is, a, is, a, is a real trigger event. So sleep, coping, you know, uh, also changes in your, your eating patterns. You know, like have you gone from being healthy and uh, all of a sudden you you're sort of taking taking this ch chocolate bars and snacks and snacking a lot more and your caffeine's gone up and your water intake's gone down. You know, all these sorts of signs are sort of a your body's. You know, you've got to imagine, you know, the, the stress response is this hundred million year old systems, what they say. And that back then we didn't get, we didn't have phones and emails and apps that could tell you that you're stressed. The body gave out in different ways, like sleep pattern changing, ability not to cope as well, you know, changes in nutrition, all this sort of stuff that are like triggers from the body trying to tell you, that, you know, you're, well, of you're course. You know, we talk, we talk, I mean, I, I I hate keep on using the menopause word, but it's sort of every podcast I do, whether it's not stress, whether it's it's not menopause related, but it kind of pings it in because one of the things that I talk about is the additional cortisol that gets obviously thrown through our body into this stressful time. Um, and in the menopause, we have this hormone deficiency and cortisol floods out. So all these things that you that you say so not only are we and, and i know because when i was in spain and things you know we hit covid and brexit and was an absolute nightmare for us in every way possible the extrinsic mm. factor on the stress front was money mm. and the ability to to know where the next how we were going to get through the next month and so the sleep patterns the the inability to cope with stuff was all kind of mine would be the last 10 days of the month um, and it would just start to roll but obviously I was also which I knew was perimenopausal so add that to the hormones sort of going up and down it was becoming horrendous so so when the insomnia happened which was her, like chronic and I you know and for my listeners who will have done my my sleep pod um already will know that you know insomnia isn't just about staying awake all night there are the different the definition of insomnia is so many different ways so mm. we've got some physical signs which you obviously outline and then mm. and then what do we do then then what's the next stage Dan yeah I mean I think first of all like acknowledging it is incredibly important you know so 
like beginning to acknowledge that you're overwhelmed rather than just continuing to bury your head and letting it go all the way down to the end of the exhaustion funnel where you're really needing professional support because you're in crisis. So beginning to acknowledge it is a massive step. Um, <clears throat> I mean, women have in the past are much better communicators as, as than blokes. Yeah. So yeah. In, in overwhelm or in these higher states of stress, you know, women tend to be able to communicate better, but blokes are improving. Um, but yeah, being able to then communicate, you know, communicate with people that you trust, that you are struggling, that you are overwhelmed, that you that your sleep patterns begin to change, you know, and all that sorts of things. And sometimes when you speak to people and you find out that they're struggling too, um, and you sort of begin to talk tactics and sort of find out what that what's working for them, and it begins to sort of set you on a different path where it's not so much, you know, that you're struggling, you're actually beginning to look for supports and. You know, there's some incredible practitioners out there, much like yourself, Trudy, that, that you know, they've dedicated their lives to wanting to help people when they get to these sort of states and stress and um, frustration and overwhelm that, that, that speaking to them and getting some professional ideas and sitting down. I mean, obviously, I'm a massive advocate for mindfulness and meditation and other contemplative practices like that, but um, it's really difficult to, if when you're in a high state of anxiety or a high state of depression, to turn to a mindfulness app and, and, and try and find. Yes. Oh, that's it's tough. It's, 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 I, I, I find it, it like when I'm in my high states of anxiety, even with yeah. 13 years of practice, it's tough. So I can't imagine what a beginner trying to access calm and trying to get their head around it. So. And that's very interesting because it's one of the things, obviously, when you're, when I've talked about mindfulness in my kind of generic fashion, um, you know, I tried to give practical steps and, and in fact, using those apps uh, it, to me is a practical, practical step, but you're right because when you're down there in that dark place or you're sliding down there and that can be anything. We, I mean, I, I've sort of, I've sort of formulated on money, but you know, it can be health, it can be family and, and, you know, what's normal in my life is not normal in your life and, and things, you know, it's that kind of whatever you must never, I mean, one of the things that women do, and we hear this over and over again, when we talk to women about the menopause is very much like, um, you know, my menopause, no, I don't need to take treatment, no, no, because my menopause isn't as bad as my friends. She's really bad. You know, she's really, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as bad as that. No, I just, you know, I just don't sleep. But, it, but yeah. it's okay, you know, yeah. and as women, we tend to do that. And again, you know, just agreeing with and reiterating everything you've just said there. Yes, we hold monthly menopause forums and people I've said, oh, we'll take them online, you know, because it would just be easier. But people say the women go, no, no, we want to come together. You know, women go down to the mall. Well, men go to the cave <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it really feels like that. So, yeah. again, it's kind of reiterating that that thought of, you know, as a as a guy uh, or as a woman but as a guy you know where do I turn to and I, I have a real issue um, because uh, again in Jersey therapists are there are lots of therapists and don't get me wrong um, I, I've spoken to quite a few of them on on the pods but the fact is is that you know what if you haven't got that money to go to a therapist where you know where can you go and and I mean how did aware how did awareful which is your yeah. association? I don't want to say is it was a company. I don't to to yeah. come up, come about. 
Um, was basically it was it's merely just a platform for me to be able to do what I love. So that's was what I needed to do. Register with the Jersey one, whoever it is. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, now. <laughs> the, 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 the business people. Um, and and registering just get started. That's all we're for came about was it was never meant to be a profitable company i mean it's, it's never been massively profitable anyway um but you know i i loved what i do you know and i never really took much off people i try to keep it as affordable as possible and you know i think coming back to that like what i was saying before with the apps is that when you're in high states of stress or high states of anxiety or high states of depression you know that that go and speak to, to a, a proper teacher you know, because when when you're in those states and you're turning towards these things for the first time, it can be tough, you know, and often there'll be people like me, you know, I'm sure there's still a few in Jersey that um, will teach it to you properly, you know, yeah. so that when you're in high states of anxiety, you learn, you get to ask questions, you know, and and actually learn, learn, learn the, 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 the process properly rather than just sort of listening to, a uh, very generic program. So let's talk uh, now. Let's talk about mindfulness. I mean, I know this yeah. is your passion. And let's talk about we now we're now looking at an audience where people are going to be going, okay, oh, mindfulness. Do I have to sit on a rock? <laughs> do I? So so talk to us about that and what it means. Yeah, I mean, if we think about, I mean, actually the the word mindfulness came from an old Sanskrit word, which just means to remember. Um, but also means um, in the Tibetan um, term awareness, you know, so mindfulness and awareness mean two and the same thing. So originally, yeah, mindfulness was this sort of remembering, remembering just to check in and remember, it was actually used as scholars to uh, mindfulness of, of ancient texts and things like that. And the way the Buddha taught it was more of a process then. So it sort of evolved from this, this remembering into a way of finding out that life is suffering and the way out of suffering. So um, it is mindfulness is, um, I guess, this ability to, I'd love to use some hand signals, but if people are listening, <laughs> make it a little bit difficult. But if you could imagine sort of life being one hand and um and the world being the other and you're just clapping your hands together you know that that but this is how we live we just continue to clash with life day in day out there's all ensuing emotions and frustrations and uh, overthinking and all the stuff that we end up dragging through by this continual clashing with life and whilst mindfulness isn't sort of bubble around life it's this constant reminder to see how you are responding to it you know and maybe even creating a space for you know that the two arms of, of buddhism is compassion and wisdom is that as we begin to create a little bit of space between how between us and life you know and how we're responding to it um, we have that sort of gap to, to bring in a bit of warmth a bit of com compassion and nurturing and it takes time, you know, like anything in this world, you can't just go and do a four-week mindfulness course and think you'll be sitting up on the hills with the Buddha um, and the Dalai Lama and chatting about enlightenment. Um, you know, this process takes time and effort and, but the, 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 I guess the benefits or the symptoms of mindfulness, you know, and incredibly there was a study done recently by a lady called Dr. Suzuki over in, she's the, um, the new dean of NYU, New York University. 
and she's been trying to find what what are the best well-being te techniques for her students you know she and she's been doing a lot of research supporting that and she said do you know what the what and she said she wasn't a meditator before and she said that you know the best thing the best thing that we found for the for anyone studying or anyone under stress was just 12 minutes of meditation a day you know she said that oh. um, everything that she found everything every study that she's done my meditation smashed it all and she said i've started meditating since she says the, the benefits were incredible she said performance of people improved cognitive ability improved uh, in, um, um, uh, information retention improved uh, emotional regulation improved she said it was oh. in, she's this is incredible and the guy who was a neuroscientist asked her and she says he says why do you think like meditation does this and she said i've, I've got a feeling it's just because you're learning how to be with things, you know, and the more and more you can begin to be with life, you know, be with its ups and downs and not get too much carried away with the stress and the overwhelm and all the rest of it and beginning to learn how to cope, you know, things we should have been taught at school, but we weren't, yeah. Yeah. you know, processes, like practices, you know, things that have been practiced by, you know, we, we think it's 30 years, but, you know, a lot of the stuff that we learn is hundreds of new years, no, no, no. Hundreds yeah. of days old, you know, thousands, thousands, at least two and a half thousand years, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and hundreds of millions of practitioners, you know, probably, probably even billions that have been practicing things that um, people are teaching today in, the, in sort of Western uh, adaptations. But sorry, I, I went off on a bit of a tangent. No, 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 great. No, no, Dan, that's brilliant because to me, this is all about sort of bringing it through. And I, my big thing, is is that you know a i want people to understand what mindfulness is um yeah. and then we can look at and I, I just we want to touch sort of our last bit on on meditation because you know obviously and you can talk about youtube your youtube channel as well which i think is amazing and i found when i was in lockdown in spain um brilliant between you and uh, deepak chopra i'm just going to put you both in the same bracket um <laughs> but, but it was the way I managed to get through when we we couldn't get out we couldn't you know we weren't allowed out at all um yeah. so it became quite isolating but I never felt anxious I never felt anxious in that time because it was kind of like in an well we lived in an enclosed bubble um yeah. now obviously there was two of us so the, the sort of state of loneliness didn't happen but what I supposedly learned and what I have learned this year because I did a, a resilience course myself and my own personal development is, is is learning to know what what I can control and what I can't control, um, but but let's talk meditation because I do think that's the thing. Uh, well, I think you raise a, a wonderful point. You know, like I think it was the Dalai Lama that has this wonderful quote, and he says, you know, if if um, yeah, if you can't control it, why worry? If you can control it, why worry? You know, it's like this yeah. idea that um we, we we tend to worry about these things rather than taking action and it's such a wasted energy and i think he even goes on to say about that you know how much energy we burn in just worrying about stuff that we can't control um but yeah i think there's a, it's a, a wonderful point like i could probably go on and on about that one but um, i appreciate you know going to bore the people but um yeah so if you think mindfulness i guess is, is the vessel. Mindfulness is us. Mindfulness is this sort of 
opportunity for us to bring all these wonderful practices in together, you know, like meditation, like fitness, like Pilates, like yoga, like all these sort of things that help with our well-being and de resilience development. And mindfulness is sort of the thing that holds it all. Mindfulness is sort of this, this inner reflection. You know, how do I, what through, through, through Pilates, you know, there's some wonderful health benefits just beyond, you know, the, the fitness in the body. You know, there's some mental health benefits when we realize actually, you know, I'm feeling a bit bit stressed or I'm feeling a bit this. I'm going to use Pilates as a tool to make myself happier. You know, it's 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 that sort of same remit that we would think mindfulness is all about. We use we have all these things like food and and friends and all that sort of stuff. And mindfulness is sort of for me is sort of the vessel that holds them all. And meditation has that place alongside others, you know, and and there was some really interesting stuff that's come out about meditation. It sort of says, you know, meditation isn't just about, I mean, I'm, this is the way I was always taught, but it's wonderful to see the West sort of, sort of catching up on it. You know, meditation is not just important as how well you can sit on a cushion. You know, meditation really is how do we begin to implement this thing into our life, you know, and meditation is in yoga, meditation is in Pilates, meditation is in nutrition, you know, this any inner reflection, you know, how am I, feeling about this how how is this changing me like how is this changing my physiology you know anything like that any sort of inner reflection is meditation and it's sort of this what we learn on the cushion is is like what we drag into our life you know and the more the repetition of the practices is really um you know, you know why they sort of say you know we should really repeat the practices over and over again because it just helps us to to bring it to life, you know, it feels natural to all of a sudden as we're getting caught up in something, just to come back and notice that we're breathing for a few moments and just use that breath just to calm our system down, you know, um, talking to ourselves in a much kinder way. So when we're finding ourselves, when we are meditating or we are doing Pilates and all of a sudden we're away thinking, you know, I can't believe I said that in an email, what an ass, blah, 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 blah. You know, and you're just listening to your brain going off on one and you're like, why am I talking to myself like this? <laughs> and coming back to listening to Trudy guiding you through another wonderful Pilates session or whoever it is, and you're sort of utilizing that same methodology of just letting yourself getting distracted, not getting caught up in the bullshit, coming back to the breath or back into whatever's been taught at that point in time um, is where that, that repetition and why we do meditation, you know, that sort of formal, dedicated time to just go, okay, I'm going to work with my brain just for 10 minutes. I'm just going to work. I'm going to let it go nuts. I'm going to see Scary. how I go. So scary i wouldn't want to work on my brain <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that we because we, we, we come to meditation and all i suppose particularly at the start meditation is like distraction management you know like we're all i'm just learning to get better at being distracted that's what all i'm all i'm going to do in the first six months i'm going to learn that i'm a really shit meditator and yeah. i'm going to get uber distracted and overthink my way through everything Yep. And once I've got so comfortable at doing all those things, I've got comfortable with being a bad meditator, I've got comfortable with being overthinking, and I've got comfortable with all the other stuff, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you just, your, brain, your, your mind just starts going, oh, I'm thinking too much today, or oh, I'm getting caught up in this today. And all of a sudden, almost like your neural network changes, you know, they talk about this neuroplasticity, and that's what that meditation part is, is this sort of, this getting to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, and these things that make us uncomfortable and 
I guess when you come back to that word gom, which means for the, medit- the Tibetan word gom, which is where meditation, the word meditation came from, which is to, be- to become familiar with, you know, we're just trying to become familiar with crazy mind. We're just trying to get become um, comfortable with emotional body, you know, and it takes time, it takes effort, it takes dedication. But if you think about how much time and energy we waste in being anxious and being down, being frustrated and being all these types of things, man, we've got 12 minutes we can throw at a little bit of practice, you know, so... Sorry, I went off on a way. I'm taking, you know, I, I for anybody who, who knows me, um, you know, I'm out there like 110 miles an hour. My brain does not stop. Okay, I can wake up at four o'clock in the morning and have the most ingenious. Well, I think it's a really, I think it's an amazing idea. So I have to get up and um, write it down because um, I don't want to forget it. And I'm, I'm up there, <clears throat> excuse me. And I suppose... One of the things that I that that's kind of why I went on the resilience course myself, because I thought, right, I'm getting to the point now where I'm stressing about stuff that really isn't stressable. And, you know, here I am as a practitioner, inverted commas, I'm doing my dittos, by the way, and anybody who's not listening, because I don't regard myself as a mindfulness practitioner. I regard myself as a as a sort of student who's learned quite a bit along the way. Um, so I like to sort of, you know, I feel myself as an educator in most of the things I do. And if you talk about the imposter syndrome, I sometimes listen to myself talking about mindfulness, thinking actually you're not in a, you can't stand on that platform yet. You know, I always say Dan and Deepak on there, they are on the platform. I'm kind of just on the first minion step. Um, but however, I'll, I'll be on the second step. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, far, not much further in front. I can promise you that. But the, the big thing is, and, and I suppose one of the things I wanted to sort of get through today is that, um, and you, you again, you touched on these things, is the fact that meditation isn't just about sitting there and, and trying to let your brain go. I know we are trying to get into this, uh, you know, the real ultimate. It's like what I call about well-being is our final destination. Wellness is the path. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of that's where we want to be. But for me and how I practice my meditation better than anything is walking meditation so again, um, right, phone. Okay, so sometimes because I have to be, I, I need to listen. So, okay, it used to be music, now it's books because I want to educate myself because I think if I'm educating myself whilst I'm walking, that's fine. I'm doing two jobs. I'm like, you know, however, take that off, turn that off. And that's when, in fact, it was through one of these books on, um, uh, on the app that I actually thought about, you know, walking meditation. And then so I started to listen and then I went on to you on YouTube whilst listening and walking and then I was like yes you're right you know what stop just stop look around take in what you see smell use your senses because Mm. we are so engrossed in this communication channel you know phones emails this is a constant you know um inspiller interrupter into our life and our time I mean we know that I mean I'm not you know, I don't feel I'm talk- saying anything new, you know, 60,000 thoughts in a day, you know, and I always say to people, if you, if you give those thoughts airspace, all of them, you know, we'd never get anything done, would we? So why do we, why do we focus on those negative thoughts? You know, why do we, why can't we just let things go? Um, and again, you mentioned about mindful eating and I talk about mindful eating in my, um, in my mission, in my, in my weight loss plan, because it's not really a weight loss plan, but it's about, 
taking time out, you know, mm. awareness, awareness, awareness. I love it. I love it. And in fact, one of my one of my slides in my menopause and well-being is mindfulness equals awareness. <laughs> Literally, the two terms mean exactly the same thing. So like they both um, the, the, the word um, to it's used literally means mindfulness slash awareness you know so it's, it is two and the same that actually it is mindfulness and both awareness at the same time which is which is awesome and it's um yeah cool like um you know but i want to just sort of i'll just before we sort of finish because I, I can see we're chatting away um before we roll <laughs> up just to say where can people get help from i mean I'm, i've just mentioned the youtube but perhaps you want to say you know like because you've got some brilliant videos um and i'll say it because i know you won't because you're very shy and modest um <laughs> some brilliant videos there for beginners yeah and yeah, i absolutely. think girl you you say this the site because it is really good yeah i mean i'm up on youtube um i occasionally post some stuff on there when i've got some time i do try and aim it for for beginners mostly as there is some more advanced stuff in there for those that are sort of wanting to delve a little bit more into sort of uh practices in awareness and understanding um once once we begin to take hold of this crazy monkey mind and we're beginning to find a little bit of space in those sixty thousand thoughts a day you know sometimes it's you're sort of wanting to explore like the what next, you know, and I think um, there is a lot of what next, you know, people, it's not just mindfulness that actually when we really get and, and work a little closer with this mind that we've got, that there's, we stop delving further into compassion and awareness. And, oh, I feel uh, we've got another podcast coming now. <laughs> oh, I can feel we can go yeah. further on this one. Yeah, we could, we certainly could. But uh, Insight Tunnel as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I there's so much. I mean, I know because I, I I just want people to be aware that there are, you know, as much as we complain about external stresses in our life and that, you know, we are stressed and but the only person that can help ourselves is is you. Um, yeah. and I say that in in everything. It's like, well, you have to take responsibility for you. And once you start doing that, you'll actually and you start becoming aware of you, that you then see other people. And how they are, you know, stressed or or running around or their the way they speak um, and we negative speak or whatever. And then you think, yeah. whoa, was I like that? Because I'm uh, I'm not sitting there on that top of that mountain yet. But I'd like to think that I'm I'm sort of starting to climb at the bottom. So just no before we, we roll up now, Dan, can we take can we give our listener three little take home tips to help to de-stress and declutter? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, three tips, I would say, if we're stressed and overwhelmed, you know, I'll, I'll actually, in fact, I'll use one that I heard the other day. And it was by this, the first one was by this um, doctor in A&E, uh, it was a lady named Claudia who, who shared it. And she, she says, you know, um, triaging life, you know, triaging things. So putting, making what's urgent, urgent, and, and taking your time to put down everything that's going on in your mind. And, you know, if it's urgent, starting with the urgent stuff first, rather than getting caught up and making everything urgent, because if we're uber busy, or we're crazy busy, as she says, which is a word we hear, it's true, so often, crazy busy means unable to put 100% into everything, you know, and 
Um, if we're crazy busy, we're making mistakes. If we're crazy busy, we're overstressed. You know, the science points to that if when, when our brain is too stressed, it's just not thinking right. It's not designed to think right. So um, triaging um, life is, is was a wonderful metaphor that I thought was well worth. I, I, I put it in a different way, but she put it so, 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 so well. Um, I would say number two is... You know, the, when we are stressed, you know, your brain is going to start wanting you to stay inside more and more and more. You know, that's the, the, the natural habitat for a stressed and anxious mind is to, to start being a little bit more uh, stay at homey. And if we can just begin to communicate more, so getting back in touch with your friends, getting out of the house, going for a walk, getting in the sunshine, putting your feet in the sand. Know, things like that that we this has been it's not new these things are since the dawn of time it's how our bodies recovered from stress is to get out get moving and get communicating you know and that if you are struggling reach out please more than anything you know that your body is designed your risk mind would say stay home yeah. everything like this is the only way to cope but the best way the quickest way for you to help is to start communicating communicating and moving again getting out of the house and the third one is to go, obviously, and learn a little bit of mindfulness and meditation, you know, and go and seek a reputable teacher. Please take the time, pay a little bit of money at the start, you know, like absolutely mindfulness and meditation is not for everyone, you know, that, that I mean, eventually it will be, but particularly at times, it may not be for you straight away, but give it a go. I cannot recommend it enough for someone that was chronically depressed and, uh, had acute anxiety disorders and you know, I've, I've probably got ADHD and everything else too um, it it was the savior for me you know and sitting down with a good teacher not relying on just apps and YouTube as much as those things are incredible just finding a good teacher sitting down listening taking the time and applying what they tell you um, is, is so important you know that's brilliant. Dan, thank you so much. And um, even if you can just start with your 12 minutes of meditation, I'm on for that now. That's it. I'm converted. I'm going back to my to just chilling out on there. Um, so thank you very, very much for coming and joining me. And I'm looking forward to you returning to uh, to Jersey um, later in 2022. So I'm um, hoping to do some workshops with you then. So uh, very excited. So thanks, Dan. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for the opportunity, Trudy. It's much appreciated. For more information on the topic that you've just listened to, please visit my website, www.vitality40plus.com. Thanks for listening.